Why are we willing to live with this carnage? Why do we keep letting this happen? Where in God's name is our backbone to have the courage to deal with it and stand up to the lobbies? It's a time to turn this pain into action for every parent, for every citizen in this country. We have to make it clear to every elected official in this country. It's time to act. Uh, welcome to How We Win, everyone. We are um, starting the podcast uh, a little bit differently today. Um, you just heard President Biden um, responding to uh, the, the another mass shooting, um, this time in, in Uvalde, Texas. Um, um, uh, I'm Mariah. Steve is here as well. Yep. We are you know, recording this hours after this happened and I think still processing and in a little bit of, of shock along with everyone. Um, right. I was going to say um, uh, 18. And I couldn't get it out. Um, yeah. It's okay. You know, we were uh, really struggling with what to do with uh, this week's show in, in light of this. And, and um, uh, we have... Uh, a really important interview that we wanted to share with uh, Scott Foreman from Vote Forward and Claire Lipschultz from the National Council of Jewish Women about uh, some important action items. But we just felt like we um, we needed to just scrap what we were going to do for, for this show. We're going to release that interview uh, on its own on Friday and um, and uh, talk a little bit about what happened and uh, and really focus on, um, I, you know, I, I want to say what you can do about it. It feels so hopeless. You know, our, our reasons for hope, uh, are, are not going to be in this episode right now because I'm feeling despair. I'm feeling anger, uh, heartbreak and numb all at the same time. Um, and, uh, as Mariah was saying, 18 children have been killed, two adults as that we know of, still a couple of, of people in intensive care, um, another teacher from the school, and a 10-year-old um, girl is still in intensive care. And it's a uniquely American uh, trauma and, and group mourning that we consistently walk through because of the power that a few have, the stranglehold that a few have on us. And I think that's what we really want to focus on right now when we're thinking about how hopeless this feels, is that we are actually on the cusp of being able to make that change if we can... Uh, get through the, the stranglehold that these senators have on passing, uh, you know, gun legislation that is popular with 90% of the country, with 70% of gun owners, uh, you know, abortion, you know, codifying rights to abortion, which is popular with about 80% of the country, um, voting rights, uh, it, the list goes on. Uh, you know, we have truly the most important election of our lives coming up 
in, in the midterms, and we have an opportunity, a genuine opportunity, it's within our reach to expand our, our majority in the Senate and, um, and make uh, people who are obstructing these laws from getting passed uh, less relevant and, and take away their power. And, and that is what we must do. We, we have no choice. We cannot allow more children to be slaughtered at the hands of a few who are pandering to the NRA and getting millions of dollars from the NRA. Mm, right. Um, I live like two and a half hours northeast of Uvalde, and I walked into an elementary school today to vote. It's the end of the school year. It, I, I love going to the school to vote. It's walking distance from my house and all, you know, it's just like a joy to be surrounded by, by all of these little kids. And it adds to what you're doing when you cast a, a ballot and you look around and you see your community there. And I cannot wait to go back in November and vote for Beto and anyone else who is going to do something about this. And, you know, I was saying earlier, it feels, we tell people constantly like vote, support candidates that will uphold your values. And it's starting to feel so trite to say that, but that really is our only option is to elect people who are going to follow the will of the people and then hold them accountable. That's where it starts. And we've talked on this podcast before about um, all the work that's been going into common sense gun reform. A lot has been happening and I know it feels so hopeless to be in a moment like this, um, but our, we are our only hope and our vote right now is, and I'll say this, I will be calling my senator's offices tomorrow and telling them how I feel. And I know, I believe that one of them is going to be at the NRA conference on in, in, in Houston this weekend. And I'm going to let them know what I think about that shit too. Yeah. I am pissed off and to have this happen right after Buffalo, right after Orange County. It's infuriating. Yeah. And you don't want to mess with us when we're pissed off. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, thanks for letting me vent. I, you know, I hope like, let's get, let's get, let's, let's turn this righteous anger into action, please. Let's do something, please. We must. We don't have a choice. We're not going to let more children die and they will. We're not going to let more people be killed by assault weapons that have no place in the hands of citizens. And they will if we don't do something. So we must. There is no other option as uh, and um, and I know everyone is hurting like the the mass trauma that one that one uh, sick gunman can inflict on uh, the psyche of an entire country with actions like this is um, uh, 
it's just monumental and it has to stop and it must stop and uh, and we're not going to stop uh, until we make some meaningful change and uh, um, so what we'd like to do um, in lieu of, of our interview and um, and apologies to Scott and Claire we will uh, I'm, I'm, I really am looking forward to everyone hearing that on Friday we'll, we'll release that on Friday but um, we would like to uh, play our hero's speech, uh, Chris Murphy, who we spoke with at a gun forum, which was now, what, a couple of years ago, Mariah, in, in Las Vegas, mm-hmm. um, his impassioned speech from the floor. Um, and he's been leading this charge. He can't do it by himself. He needs us. He needs all of us to help him and, and to throw our support around him. But um, we're going to... If, imagine if you had, you know, 50 other senators like Chris Murphy. Yeah. We, everything would be different. This wouldn't be happening. He's been a champion for this since the last unspeakable, unimaginable tragedy, just like this one happened in Newtown, Connecticut. Um, and he will continue to fight for this. I know he will. He's not going to stop. And, uh, and we need to support him and do everything we can. So here's Chris Murphy's speech. Mr. President, there are 14 kids dead in an elementary school in Texas right now. What are we doing? What are we doing? Just days after a shooter walked into a grocery store to gun down African-American patrons, we have another Sandy Hook on our hands. What are we doing? There have been more mass shootings than days in the year. Our kids are living in fear every single time they set foot in a classroom because they think they're going to be next. What are we doing? Why do you spend all this time running for the United States Senate? Why do you go through all the hassle of getting this job, of putting yourself in a position of authority? If your answer is that as this slaughter increases, as our kids run for their lives, we do nothing. What are we doing? Why are you here? If not to solve a problem as existential as this. This isn't inevitable. These kids weren't unlucky. This only happens in this country and nowhere else. Nowhere else do little kids go to school thinking that they might be shot that day. Nowhere else do parents have to talk to their kids, as I have had to do, about why they got locked into a bathroom and told to be quiet for five minutes just in case a bad man entered that building. Nowhere else does that happen except here in the United States of America, and it is a choice. It is our choice to let it continue. What are we doing?
in Sandy Hook Elementary School after those kids came back into those classrooms. They had to adopt a practice in which there would be a safe word that the kids would say if they started to get thoughts in their brain about what they saw that day. If they started to get nightmares during the day, reliving, stepping over their classmates' bodies as they tried to flee the school. In one classroom, that word was monkey. And over and over and over through the day, kids would stand up and yell monkey. And a teacher or a paraprofessional would have to go over to that kid, take them out of the classroom, talk to them about what they had seen, work them through their issues. Sandy Hook will never, ever be the same. This community in Texas will never, ever be the same. Why? Why are we here? If not to try to make sure that fewer schools and fewer communities go through what Sandy Hook has gone through, what Uvalde is going through. Our heart is breaking for these families. Every ounce of love and thoughts and prayers we can send, we are sending. But I'm here on this floor to beg, to literally get down on my hands and knees and beg my colleagues. Find a path forward here. Work with us to find a way to pass laws that make this less likely. I understand my Republican colleagues will not agree to everything that I may support, but there is a common denominator that we can find. There is a place where we can achieve agreement that may not guarantee that America never, ever again sees a mass shooting. That may not overnight cut in half the number of murders that happen in America. It will not solve the problem of American violence by itself. But by doing something, we at least Stop sending this quiet message of endorsement to these killers whose brains are breaking, who see the highest levels of government doing nothing, shooting after shooting. What are we doing? Why are we here? What are we doing? Um, I, I do want to say, you know, one one thing you mentioned at the top of, of the episode, um, reasons for hope, which is what we usually do. We talk about around now. I want to, you know, we we joke a lot when we because we always ask our guests, what are your reasons for hope? And so many of them say young people, the children that are doing so much, that are mm. doing this amazing activism work. I'm going to suggest that we ask people not to mention the children or the young people because their role is not to give us hope. Our role is to make sure that they survive their childhood and we're not doing that. Our role is to make sure that they don't have to skip school to fight for a dying planet that we're destroying. We owe them, we owe them, they owe us nothing. They do not give us hope. We need to be the ones giving them hope. And I just, 
feel every day, but today in particular, that we are failing them and they are dying because of it. And so no more of this children are doing great things and like that's not that's not what they need to be doing right now they are not supposed to be marching to to be who they are they're not supposed to be doing hiding under the desk drills they're not supposed to be holding up signs for climate change or worried about what's going to happen if they're if they have an unexpected pregnancy we're doing this to them and then we're turning around and asking them to give us hope to fight harder, please. Moratorium on children giving us hope. Mm. Well, let's leave it there. I just want to say thank you to all of our listeners. Um, and I know uh, how heartbroken you are and um, and how difficult this is for all of us to, to walk through. And I know that you're on the front lines uh, and, uh, and have been marching and volunteering and donating and have been working hard. And, um, and so I just, I want to thank you and, um, and, and thank you for being here with us. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll be back with another episode for you next Wednesday.